God wants. And so here we go. We've been dealing with grit. And to have it in your life. We've talked about so many things about how there's so many people that just don't have grit anymore. That people just take the easy way out and don't want to fight through it. I've been talking about the characteristics of grit. And I'll tell you one more time, if you're able to, go on YouTube to our channel. Rewatch some of these sermons. Go to where any music is sold and you'll find our podcast everywhere. You can listen to it on the road. You can listen to it at work. You can listen to it while you work out, clean, whatever the case is. There's no excuse not to hear the Word of God. And maybe you're new and you're like, I've never been here trying to figure out what this is all about. Welcome home, first of all. We're, we're glad you're here. We're, we're definitely glad you're here. Welcome online church and uh, go back and start listening to these sermons. And if it's affecting and God, wa- God wants to develop, He wants us to have grit, bottom line. And today we're going to focus on the next characteristic of grit. It's stamina. Stamina. And so many times, stamina is endurance and strength to keep going even when tired. You see that happen occasionally, not occasionally, but if anybody that's maybe running or something, that last leg for the last lap to keep fighting. Too many times, though, we have people that just bail out because it's hard. In Christ, if you've taken on the mantle and call yourself a Christian, he wants you to have grit in your life because it's going to take grit to get through this. Things are going to get even worse. Don't be surprised. Read the Bible because it says it. But you've got to keep moving forward. You've got to have some grit about your life. I'm going to read this real quick in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It's going to set the tone. Listen, we are going to dissect this scripture. I hope you're ready. If you want to take notes, if you want your phone to glow, if your Bible's on your phone or on on the paper, whatever, I ain't judging you. I know mine will will bail out before his bails out because I got to charge this thing. It's fully charged. I'm just saying it's just not going to last. But... Dig in. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance. Stamina, endurance, and strength to keep going when tired. Let us run with endurance this race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Looking to Jesus. I got to stop real quick. I know we're going to get into this, but too many times we look too far to the left and right and we can't focus to run straight because we got our eye caught on something on the side. How crazy. I know I got to finish that so we can read it in the message, but how crazy you see the Kentucky Derby and you watch that stuff go down and they spend $100,000 on some big old horses, purebred, and they'll spend $15 on one little thing that does this. $100,000 horse and a $15 Amazon blinder. 
And it's because of the blinder the, for, the horse can focus. Because of the blinder, the horse can't look left or right. It stays focused in the head. I got a $100,000 horse, but I got a $15 blinder. And my $15 blinder is going to determine if I'm going to win this race or not because I've got to stay focused on what's ahead, not what's beside me or even what's behind me. Because like they said in the Bible, when you're trying to plow, you can't plow a straight line looking backwards. You'll run over something else and then you cause a relationship to get shaken. You cause a, a marriage to get shaken because you look back when you're trying to plow instead of looking forward. And you run over something that's vital. Anyway, it's just a little nugget. A Chick-fil-A nugget since it's closed. Looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who... For the joy was set before him, which is amazing, to endure the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's read it in a message. You ready? Let's do it. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. That's powerful. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Keep going. You got more for me? No? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. That's powerful. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So good. Man, that is so powerful. I think for me, so good. stamina is a big deal. If you, ever, if you ever see a boxer train, the reason they're training is not just so that they can punch harder, so that they can dodge better, but they are building up stamina so that they can go many rounds. For many of us, we don't know what it means to build up stamina because we come in on Sunday and we think Sunday is the thing that's going to get us through the week when in reality, that's not the truth at all. The reality yeah. is you come in for training in a moment, but on Monday through Saturday, you are training yourself by getting in the gym yourself. And when I say the gym, I'm talking about the word of God. Yeah. It's, it's not just coming on Sunday to get filled up so that you can run on that full tank of gas for the week. It is filling up every day in the Word of God so that you can build stamina every day. Because the enemy is not going to stop just because you went to church on Sunday. Well, you should already, here we go. You should already be building this anyway because when you get to church, your stamina should already be in full, yeah. full, full force. Yeah. That's why you can worship longer that's why you can surrender that's why you can do that and you see that that when people don't know how to do that it's because they've not had the grit to do it yeah. and so some people have to push through that remember when you first moved here and we would go to the gym with these young college kids and they would run circles around us yeah. 
and wear, wear us down. Playing basketball. Like, it was one game, and I thought my, my everything was falling out. Like, I was dying. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> like, I didn't have an inhaler. I don't even do that, but I might have needed one, or, you know, I needed an oxygen tank and all that, and yeah. my God, I needed a camel pack just so I could take a drink when we were like, playing. But, crazy. but after we kept going and going, it didn't mean that we couldn't, like, dribble and break ankles because we shake them up. It just means we couldn't outlast them because they outran us. Yeah, that's true. But after we did, we did not stop. We just like, let's go again. Let's go again. But give it a couple weeks. A couple weeks in, guess what was happening? We were running down the court and back before they got down the court. And then they were getting mad and saying stuff to us. And they're like, oh, you guys are just running this whole good time. I'm like, you would have saw me two weeks ago. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to have to take something else. <laughs> but it, it, it's the hard work you put into it. So you can last through it. So it's good. It's good. I think a couple of things. Go back to uh, the passion. Not the passion. I'm so intrigued by the passion translation. The message. And start with verse 1 again. Yeah. Because there's something that really stuck out to me. And we want to kind of break this down a little bit. Uh, I love when he talks about the cloud of witnesses in this. And he says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers. What does that mean? Pioneers are people that trailblaze. They blaze the way. So all of these men and women that have gone on before us uh, from the Old Testament till now that have gone on before us have blazed the way for us to be the church and blazed the way for us to create new paths and new journeys. And, And what he's saying is there are veterans up there cheering us on. Yeah. So just when you think you're alone and by yourself, all of heaven is applauding and shouting over you yeah. saying, come on, get up and keep moving, keep doing it. And I love this. It says it means we better get on with it. Yeah. What that's saying is we better build up the stamina and get on with this thing. Why are we holding back? Why are we waiting? And three things that really stood out to me was strip down, start running and never quit. Strip down what is holding you back. Strip down what's weighing you down. Anybody ever just felt the weightiness of things sit on you and you feel like you can't get up? You feel like you can't move? It doesn't, you're not motivated. No, at all. It it, it weighs so much, it almost clouds your judgment and everything in your life. I think in that, when you have that weightiness, it it literally causes, it's almost like borderline in a way to create depression. Because you just don't want to do anything. And, and, and like he said about these pioneers that blazed the way. I mean, we got the, which is amazing with what God is doing and, and where we are right now with Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the church. And if you don't know anything about that, there was this upper room and they had to go gather. And what happened? They were in one accord and the Holy Spirit fell and filled the room. And it was what happened outside of the room that changed everything. Because they were considered terrorists back then. Called yourself a Christian? You were considered a terrorist. And it changed everything, but they blazed the way, they, the pioneers. But listen, not just them. Look at your grandparents. Look at your great-grandparents. That if anybody that served the Lord, and they blazed the way. So that you can you sit right here, and, they're, and they're, they're cheering us on. They're cheering us on. And I, I still got grandparents that are alive that are still cheering me on from a distance. You're doing a great job. Keep going. I know it's tough at times, but keep fighting a good fight. They're blazing, they've blazed the way, they've, they've, they've blazed it to a point. See, we live in a generation right now that 
sometimes it feels so careless. But they like to do stuff. They don't care what people think. They're in their own lane. And again, I'll say it one more time. Just give me one little drop, just a drop, just drop of Jesus and watch it change everything in their life. With all that passion they have for just the the world or whatever, just one drop of Christ will just change their perspective. And that passion will be refocused towards him. Pioneering. Pioneering a way to move forward. I mean, they blazed it. Lighting the load. It says strip down. You ever told your kids that? Strip down. Get in the shower. I don't see anybody taking a snowsuit and trying to go running with it. Like if you're really trying to do something, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get stripped down to whatever it's going to take to lighten the load so you can take off. We, we, we weigh so much on ourselves. You aren't going to last. You might run from here to the door, but by the time you get outside with the weight you're carrying, you're not going to last at all. And then you're mad at God because you're wondering, why aren't you using me? Why am I feel this way? I'm just blah, blah, blah. And there's no stamina in your life because you keep holding on to stuff you need to let go of. I think what's crazy about it is I've been teaching the youth over the past few weeks about following Christ. And if we really look at this, this is what it's about. He said, come follow me, right? And so, but there's some things that he pinpointed when he said, follow me. And this is where I want to get into strip down for a minute, because I think it's important that we understand that he said, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself and then pick up your cross. First and foremost, you got to strip down yourself. Because you got to begin to deny yourself and your dreams and all that kind of stuff and say, I'm going to put him on so that I can fulfill the kingdom things rather than my own things. And then he says to pick up the cross. Well, I got a revelation for you. I was sharing this with Pop yesterday at the, at the park. And I, I want you to look at the cross differently than what you've ever looked at it before. Because when we think Jesus is saying, take up the cross and follow me, we look at that cross like it's a burden. How many look at it like it's a burden? Like you're going to pick up something very, very heavy. And you're going to pick up something that you got to carry the weight of all of it. And so we look at that and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to pick that up because that's going to be hard. That's going to that's gonna make some grit come out of me. That's going to make me have some stamina. But what we don't understand is Christ already paid for it on that cross. He already did it. So we don't have to look at the cross like it's a burden anymore. We have to look at the cross and we got to see it as what it is. And God spoke to me so powerfully and said this to me. He said, you've been looking at the cross for 24 years in the wrong way. That messed me up because I've been in ministry for 24 years and I thought I had it all together. And then God flipped me upside down and said, no, you got it wrong. I'm about to strip you down. And he looked at me and he said, this is what the cross is. The cross is no longer a burden you carry, but it's a freedom that I set on your shoulders. He paid for it on Calvary. When he said it is finished, he meant all of it. The weightiness of sin, the sickness, the disease, the struggles in our minds, all of it. He paid for every bit of it. So now when you get up daily and you choose to follow him and you deny yourself and you go to pick up that cross, it's not a burden to pick up anymore. You put it on and it's the freedom that he paid the price for. Yeah. What he's saying is, look, get up today. 
Put on my freedom that I paid for and get it out there and start walking in this thing. And I'm telling you, listen to me. It has radically transformed the way I think, the way I function, and the way I move. Because of what he did. You have looked at the cross as a burden, and it is not a burden. It is freedom. Strip down. Strip down. Well, you have to get to a place where you, you realize that, listen, we, we, if anything needs to die on that cross, it's our flesh. We need to die to the flesh and live by the Spirit. Our flesh will take us on a ride we don't want to go on. Will take us somewhere we don't want to go at all. And we have to learn that when we carry that, like you said, there's complete freedom in the cross. Freedom of what He's already done for us. And that stamina to do it. Too many times, one more time, that people do not have it. If you want to have grit in your life, you have to have stamina. You call yourself a Christian. Let's just be real. Anybody listening in this room, you say you're a Christian, a Christ follower. You have to have stamina. But too many times, your first offense that somebody has towards you, you're out. You bow out. Too many times. Let's get in this other... Start running. Never quit. Start running. I'm going to talk about this uh, spiritual fat. I love that it says that. It says, it says no extra spiritual fat. I, I wrote this down because I, I, I had to take a double look at that. Here's what I wrote. Many who fill the seats on Sunday morning are facing a condition of spiritual obesity. I walk and talk in my phone a lot. So I can knock two things out at once. I can get some cardio in and I can focus. Our face in spiritual obesity, which is left untreated, may cause harm to their spiritual being and lack of stamina. The Bible says in James... Faith without works is dead. So in a suggestion, I would say faith without works, which leads to obesity, which can turn lead to death. Here's what I mean. I even wrote that. Here's what I mean. I'm saying it. It's amazing. We fill our lives with schedules and spiritual intake. We have church on Sundays. We do family devotionals. We do personal devotionals. A lot of Christian living books we read, and we watch sermons online from maybe some of our favorite speakers. If this amount of spiritual intake is transformed to actual meat and potatoes, we can end hunger in Africa. If it was turned into real food, we could end hunger in Africa. It takes a huge amount of spiritual calories but many of us do little to burn them off, so to speak. We have faith, but no action to accompany it. Sure, we do our part by being nice to our neighbor and our co-workers, and occasionally we, we, we volunteer and serve. But for the most part, these spiritual calories can sit and turn into fat and turn us into overweight, lethargic Christians. I wrote this down this morning as I woke up to work out. 
You can never be comfortable and grow. If you love comfort, you won't grow. But what happens is, is that, that spiritual fat, it says to uh, strip down and start running and never quit and the extra spiritual fat. I think what happens is, is and I'm not trying to boast, but y'all eat good here. Like I eat good here. Like what God is doing and, and the word of God coming off this place up, up here is good. I'm not trying to boast about it, but it's good. It's rich. It's real good. But I think if we don't do something about it, faith without works is dead, and we sit on it, those, those calories turn into fat if we don't work them out, if we don't exercise, if we think about our physical body and we don't do stuff and we wonder why we're a mess in our own personal life, it's because you ain't working out. Let's just be real about it. Because if we eat and just sit, and lay, they say the worst thing to do is eat late, and then you go sleep on that. And then it's going to cause the inflammation and the aches and the pain, and then you start growing in places you don't want to grow. Uh, the struggle is real. <laughs> but, but look at it spiritually. You can sit and you can intake all the spiritual food and calories all you want, but if you don't do something about it, it turns into spiritual fat. And you sit on it and you sit on it and there's nothing you're doing. You got to strip that down. And listen, God's given it to you for a reason to give it back away. But then we get to a place where we don't have the stamina to give it away. We get so comfortable and that was good. But if it was that good, why aren't you sharing and doing? And I think we get to a place where we can have this, that no extra spiritual fat. Like you need enough to get you through the next part and when you get some more, you got to burn it off and keep moving. That's like kind of going from glory to glory. And so what happens is, is we get to that place. Listen, me personally, I told you I was being real. When we were talking about that cup of soup, I was like, I'm the guy that ate the soup for real. I had three necks and too much, you know, like <laughs> I was, you can laugh. I laughed. It was, it was bad. But, but, but for me to get to a place I want to be, I have to do something about it. I can just intake, intake, and not do nothing about it. Now, I'm talking about myself personally. But since March 1st till, well, I, I weighed myself May 1st, but now I went from 260, now I'm 215 at May 1st. I haven't weighed myself since. But I have fought to lose weight and fought to be healthy. Not just for myself, but for you. If I could just be an example to lose weight, you can do it too. If I can be an example to lose weight so I can have the longevity and the stamina to make it through this season we're going through. I can't say and sit here and be like, I just can't do it because I'm overweight and I'm just exhausted and I'm tired because of what I've done to myself. So we do that spiritually when we get fed. We think we're good so we don't have to do anything else. Faith without works is dead. And so if it's dead, then we're not doing nothing with it. We have to start transforming, taking stamina. I mean, like I said, we, we got a season where we're switching around and doing stuff. It's going to take stamina for what we're about to do right now, what we're doing. You know, I was thanking God for Debbie Day. I was flipping out on those keys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't understand. I just taught myself how to play last week. You know what I'm saying? I've never played the piano. It was wild. It freaked me out. I was like, I've never been nervous as much as I was today. Debbie, I need you. <laughs> but, but for a season, we have to have stamina in different areas. And Debbie's helping do other things, and we're going to switch around, and we'll, we'll be bouncing around. But here's what's crazy about that thing. A week and a half ago, I had this check in my spirit. 
And I don't even know why. That God was pulling me to start learning how to play the piano. I have no excuse. I'm here every day. There's a baby grand behind this mountain. There's this sitting right here. Why is it, what's my excuse? To not sit down. And please know, there is apps for everything. There's no excuse. Well, just you ain't got the time. You make time for what's important to you. If God's called you to do it, you got to make time for it. So in the same hand, going back to the fat, we have to start losing that spiritual fat. Not that we don't want to hear and we're like, oh, that was sick. I'm going to throw that up. No, you start losing it by, by being active in it, uh, applying that stamina. I got to start doing something. So it starts to, it leans you in. It, it builds your muscles. What do they say? For muscles to grow, they got to do something, don't they? They got to tear. And then, Stephen, do you give up after it tears? What do you do? He does. That's why his arms are big as my thighs. But, but you don't. You keep going the next day, don't you? Because that's the best time to go because that's when it builds after it tears. But too many times when something bad happens, we give up, set down, shut down, and we don't have the stamina to, to walk this Christian life out. God is trying to build stamina through the pain because there's going to be pain. There's going to be things that happen, but don't tap out. Don't ring the bell. Don't ring out. Let's go to the next prayer. Go ahead. All right, so, you got more on that. No, I got more on that. So the spiritual fat, I was sitting there thinking about it. When you first start running, you know, it, it takes some endurance. Everybody, there's an app out there. I think it's... Uh, couch to 5k or something like that see the 5k and uh i hate those things so anyway uh you got to get out there and you got to begin somewhere where you start going you start going you're feeling good and all of a sudden it's like something just gets thrown in your spokes and flips you out well i got a scripture for you because paul began to deal with this a little bit galatians chapter 5 verse 7 watch this this is cool you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth Boom. Yeah, you can stop. Go back there just for a second. Rewind. <laughs> Paul's like, wait a minute. You were running good. You were doing everything you needed to do to accomplish the mission of the kingdom. You were out there training. You were out there focused. You were out there doing all of the things I need you to do. You were running well, but all of a sudden, who hindered you? Paul's like, wait a minute. Something is stopping you. Something is like keeping who? you from doing this. Yeah, like who? Who told you to stop? Yeah. Like, you got to look at that in yourself. Like, who told you stop running? Well, I'll tell you who. It's what you were talking about. Spiritually fat Christians that come in here every week, and all they're waiting for is a sidewalk prophet to come up and give them a word. Can I? I'm about to throw something at every one of you. (laughs) You got a word. I read it every day. Every moment. I don't need to come in here so Prophet Tac Tac can come up and give me a word and tell me what I need to know so that I can accomplish the mission God's put in my life. I read my Bible every day and every day he gives me something that says go into all the world and preach the gospel. Casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, doing all of these things. But we come in and we sit in our seats of complacency and apathy and we want people to speak into our lives. Here's the crazy part. We speak into your life every week. Take it home, open up the word of God and begin to eat for yourself. Listen, I'm going to be raw with you. I am not called to feed you daily. 
I am called to equip you on a service called Sunday morning. He's called to equip you on a service called Sunday morning to equip you to go eat for yourself and then do for yourself. That's my job. Stop trying to make me perform for you because I ain't going to perform. Yeah, do a trick. I'm not a clown. I'm not somebody up here that you can say, well, I need this from you. I need your pastor. You're not feeding me. No, sucker. You're not feeding yourself. Take the muzzle off your mouth. Go home and eat. I'm not coming to your house and cutting your steak for you. Cut it up yourself and feed yourself. We do that with little kids, though, sometimes. We do. Kids that are learning. Right? But that's the key to it. He says, keep going in that verse. It's powerful. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Verse 8. You ready? Verse 8. The persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Wait a minute. (laughs) You were running well. Back up, girl. Who hindered you? And then he says, the persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Listen, what he's saying right here is God didn't all of a sudden say, stop. Hammer time. (laughs) Anyway, I'd have done it. I'd have done it. So listen. God didn't all of a sudden say, stop. We're just going to shut the whole thing down. Yeah. He didn't. As a matter of fact, he's like, who in the world's hindered you? This persuasion did not come from him no. who calls you. God did not try to stop you, and God is not the one hindering you. But I know who did. But the persuasion, what did it do? It turned your neck. I'm talking to you. You just turned your neck towards me. Again, <laughs> we have to focus. To have stamina, you have to focus. Because, listen, there's naysayers. There's people that will try to persuade you out out of your calling, out of what God's called you to do. And you know what? Most of the time, it's kind of Christians. So-called Christians will persuade you to do something you shouldn't be doing. You have to focus for yourself and have the stamina to fight through it. I'm tired. It's okay. I get it. We're all tired. Keep going. Don't stop. Who? Who told you? Go ahead. Go to verse 9 for me. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Keep going. It's powerful. True. If you're a baker, you know if this. If you're a baker. Go ahead to the next one. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. It's good. I love that it says that so a little good. leaven leavens the whole lump. It messes the whole thing up. So, so what he's really saying to you is you were running well, but somebody spoke something into you that caused a little leaven to come in and it shut the whole thing down. Somebody's speaking something into your life. You were running well, Josh. You were doing good. You were pursuing God. You were running with a passion. But all of a sudden, one critic steps up and says one thing to persuade you, and you shut the whole thing down, and you just sit down, and you're done. It's good. Now you're not running anymore. Now you're not doing the work of the kingdom anymore. Listen, words affect people. They're weapons. They are weapons. It's crazy how James talks about the tongue, how it is the most powerful thing that can steer the course of your life, but not just yours. The way you speak to people can steer them in a direction if they listen to you. Yeah. 
either in the right direction or in the wrong direction. So when he says strip down, he's talking about everything. Strip down the way you talk. Strip down the way you think. Strip down the way you act. Strip down the way you live. And then start running. Because as you start running and running with endurance with me and running with stamina, I'm going to keep building you up to the degree that you're never going to quit. Yeah. You're never going to stop. That's why picking up that cross of freedom is so important. Because when you pick it up and understand that you're running in freedom instead of running in a burden, it helps you to keep going. My, oh my. That was good. My, oh my. Anybody feel that? I well, I think about like with. with can this, I say that again? Is that what you said? Yeah. If I can remember what I just said. They can go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like when you run and you have the stamina in your life, you keep going. And, and, and here's the thing you have people cheering you on. Like if you see somebody running a race, you see him on the sideline just go, don't stop. Like my son, like I'm like, let's go. You know, he's playing basketball and I'm, I'm the loudest guy in there. I'm, I'm so embarrassing. Like, the kids are like, girl, don't shake your head. Um, they're like, dad, you're embarrassing me. I was like, that's cool. Go! You know, like, I stand up and yell and sweat. And, but, but see, what I've come to find out is that during the race, the teacher doesn't run next to them. The teacher is on the sidelines cheering them on. You have to remember what you was already taught so you can run that race. And have the stamina to finish because it might be those words from great grandma or somebody else. You know, it's going to get tough and you got to do this. And, you, and the people. And, and like, like you said, like, well, man, it's hard to have stamina through a test. Well, listen, I've never met a teacher that talks when a test has happened. They talk before the test. But when you take a test in school, they're quiet. So you can test. So, but he, the teacher talks before the test and gives you all the information to help you through the test. So you can have the stamina to go through it. So you've got to know and listen and pay attention and keep remembering and reminding yourself. We have this cloud of witnesses. Keep going. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was, I was sitting there thinking about something that God shared with me the other day. Actually, yesterday I was driving and I just heard something and I was like, wow, that is so powerful. I think sometimes God wants to change the way we think because our thinking's wrong and it's Our own thinking can actually block us from living the life that God intended for us to live. Anybody feel that? Because I feel that. It's been radically changing me personally. And so God spoke something to me and I want to share it with you. He said, we never fight for the win. We fight from the win. We never fight for the win. We fight from the win. And I started thinking about that and I was like, God, what do you mean by that? He's like, you're always out there trying to fight for a win when I already won. Start fighting from what I already did. From victory, not for it. Yeah, I already won. You're trying to win something that I've already got victory over. Pick up that cross of freedom and start winning. Start winning. Because you got to start living it. How do I win? From what he already did. I win by reminding the enemy that he's already lost. It's done. He said, it's finished. It's over. So I have the ability to look at the enemy now when he tries to come at me with the stamina that I have. Christ already paid the penalty for your stamina. He said, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to endure it. He said, the joy set before me. 
It was a joy for him to go and pay this penalty. And now it builds stamina in us because we no longer fight for the win. We fight from what he won. And, the, and what the crazy part is, is that joy was you. Yeah. He only did it for you. And it was all for love, just for you. To take on the cross, to be beaten, not even recognized. To be naked, guts hanging out. I mean, if we're going to be real about it, we know, we see, we hear about it. But I don't think it even is a, a true image of really like, like the passion of the Christ got it got pretty raw. But it was probably worse than that. And he had the joy to do it. And you were the joy. Like he's the true example of stamina because he knows that I'm doing this for you, for your freedom. Like if he died for you, can we just live for him? Go ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27 says this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but yep. only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Run in such a way. I have to stop right here. Run in such a way that you may win. How do I do that? Yeah. By living in the freedom of the price that he already paid. It's Guys... We have tried to make the gospel so hard over the years for people to understand and live, but it is simply this. Run the race that he already paid for. Yeah. In freedom. Yeah. If you are struggling in something right now, if you are going through something right now, understand that what he did over 2,000 years ago on a cross was already paid for. The reason you're not living in it is because you haven't acknowledged it. And you haven't picked up that freedom called the cross. The second you pick it up, things begin to radically change and transform in your life. I can say that because I've been experiencing it over the past six months. Can I just say something mm. really raw? I feel like for the first time in 24 years, I'm actually living. Is that crazy? Because I've said this to people over the past few weeks and people have looked at me and they're like, but you're a pastor. It don't matter. I'm experiencing something that I wish I could have experienced years ago. And it is, it is the truth, the absolute truth of the gospel. He's changed the way I think. He's changed my theology. He's changed it all because he's opening up the word to me and he's helping me understand that I have been striving to try to live this thing out. He paid for my striving on the cross. You don't have to strive to live for God. Just take the free gift, put it on your shoulders and begin to live in freedom. It's that simple. People strive to do a lot of stuff. But you, what you could do is stride instead of strive just pace yourself he gives you the stamina to, to make it how do they win they have the stamina to to outrun to to set a pace and not stop you can get through it and 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 maybe you're like well how does how does that work with our christian walk like when i when i'm facing something because the more you spend time and the more you exercise what he's talking about and you get spiritually fit, remember the remnant fit, spiritually, physically, and you see what I'm saying? We have to get fit. And you have that stamina. So when the, the enemy comes in like a flood, the stamina comes up and the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. And that's where you get that stamina to say, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going back to the past. No, I'm not. 
I can't do that. If not, you give in. And when you give in, there you go. And so you have to have the stamina to get through it. Even when it's tough, even when it's hard to finish. Go back to Hebrews 12 on the message uh, 1 through 3. Let's finish this out. Is this good, guys? Making sense? They blaze the way, stripping down. Ooh, what about the, what's after fat? Parasitic sins. Anybody ever had a parasite? I have. I think I was in Israel and I had, you did, I remember you did. It, it jacked you up, didn't you? Like it messed, it messed you up. It'll destroy your life. It messed me up too. Jesus, help me. <laughs> but, but see what happens is these, these sins, they're like parasites that stick to you and it literally will try to overtake your entire body and shut it down. Like for real, shut it down. It calls you to get to a place where you don't care. You don't want nothing. You're just rather just, whatever, lay down and just die and lay in it. And like when you for real have like a parasite, I think I got one when I went to Israel on the back end. I think my mom got one when she went to Africa. And it literally put her in a hospital for a while. Like it literally attached itself to it. It took forever to get in myself also. And that's what this, the, those sins, those those little parasites that try to grab a hold and start to eat its way through your body to try to stop you. And it, what it's trying to do is to shut down the stamina in your life. Because you won't be able to last. You, when you get, you're tired, you're tired, you're done. And it, the, the enemy wants to come in and just drop little things that are like these parasites. And most of the time, they're the fragments of your past. And tries to attach itself where you're not going to make it and you're not going to be able to get through this. And God's wanting you to have grit. And to have grit, you have to have stamina in your life. But you've got to know you've got to fight through all of those, stripping down from all of that, those parasites. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. See, that's the, the, the bottom line in the end. You've got to. You've got to stay focused on him. Who began and finished the, this race? So here's the crazy part about that is why focus on somebody else that's not done the race? Why train with somebody that's never even stepped foot on the field? I want to be the best basketball star. Well, I'm going to go practice with a tennis player. I'm going to go try to play golf and see if that works for basketball. Like if you're going to try to do a sport or something you want to work at, you're going to focus and get the attention from somebody that's done it. And you're going to study, and you're going to show yourself approved in that, and you're going to do your best. If Jesus finished it, if he started and finished the race, that's what it says. Study how he did it. That's our, that's our whole life. This ain't a one and out. Well, I studied that. I'm good. No. Go to the next part. There's just so much more to study in how he did it because there's so many more situations at hand. You have to stay focused on him. He ran that race. And he is our true example. I know a lot of times, like, well, you know, God had grace on David when he killed that guy and slept with that girl. David's not your example. Jesus is. I get there's grace. I get there's stuff like that. But the reality is we have to focus our intention on who Jesus Christ is. There is pillars of faith that we look at. And how God helped them through it. And I'm, I'm saying that's all good, but if we put our hope in them, that's not who Christ is. He's in them just like me. 
I've seen it too many times where a pastor or somebody steps down or something has happened and they put all their chips on the pastor and then when he stepped down, you fell apart. Like if you put all your hope in me and I, st- I, I mess up and fall down and I'm like, I got to step down and you all fall apart and leave the church, you were here for the wrong reason. It's not about me. It's about him. But too many times we put these pastors and, and, and we put them on pedestals and we put their kids and we lift them up on pedestals and, we, and when they mess up, we want to condemn everything because we focused our attention on the wrong thing. Jesus is our source. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our message. We got to fight through this. We got to fight through this. He never lost sight of where he was headed. The enemy wants you to lose sight instantly. He wants to shift your attention somewhere else to lose sight of the goal. What's the goal? Keep moving forward. You cannot lose sight. You cannot stop. He put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. That's what it says. But listen, you got to look at some, you got to like celebrate some of the wins. What have you already put up with in some areas that you've trying to overcome. You see what I'm saying? You got to celebrate some things that you're putting up with. The reality that you're even in this room is you're winning. I shouldn't be here, guys. You should find me in the paper. You see what I'm saying? You should find me, oh, he's the guy that's dead, or he's the guy that just destroyed his own life, and he's out doing stupid stuff. I shouldn't be here. And we're all products of grace, and we have to figure it out, and we have to know that it is a process. But we have to have stamina to keep going forward. You know the hardest person to keep going forward? Is the person that keeps messing up. When you kind of own up to it and you got to start the process of healing and going forward, you have to start taking the stamina to walk because the enemy wants to take you five steps back and think nobody loves you and you're all alone in this. For real? Has anybody felt that and done that before? I mean, I have. And guess who does it? You, you isolate yourself. And it's the craziest thing. But God is trying to give you stamina to move forward. Not stamina to go back to where you were. I'm going to give you the strength to go ahead and go back to your past. No, I'm giving you the strength for your future. Because it's better than your past. And so we got to keep moving forward. Woo. When you find yourself... I got to ring the bell. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, <laughs> grip, part one, don't ring the bell. Talking about the Navy SEALs, when they ring out, they're done. And they put their helmet on the ground. And they give up because they can't do it. They don't have grit. And then sometimes when there's a war and somebody's done, what do they do? They, do they wave a, a black flag, a red flag, a... A, a white flag of surrender. I can't do this. When you're trying to flag in your faith, whoosh, I can't do this anymore. I think there was a season in my life a long time ago that I, I, I picked up a flag <laughs> trying to get spiritual with it. But it didn't happen because I was saying I'm done. can't do this anymore. Because I didn't know who I was in Christ. I thought it was in my position that I held. And I'm telling you, that flag, it's got to go. Don't flag in your faith. Go ahead. 
Well, I was just thinking about flagging in your faith, and even for me personally, I went through the same thing where I just felt like checking out. Yeah. And the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, 1,500 men a month walk away from the ministry because they flag it. Think about that. Wow. 1,500 men a month walk away from the ministry completely. They flag their faith and just quit. And I love what this says because when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. <laughs> item by item. What are, you, what are you talking about? Open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and watch the way he did it again. Read and study how he did it. He's going to walk you through every step you need to succeed and win. He did it from the beginning. And when he said it was finished, he meant it. Yeah. I'm going to show you how to live this life. And he did it for the purpose of saying, you can do this. And then, and then he uses us yep. as instruments. And you're like, what did he preach about? About grit? Yeah. When you find yourself flagging it in, go back over the story again. Yep. Go back over the story. Remember when your grandma or somebody tried to tell you when something went wrong that you needed to, come on, you can get through this? You need to go back over that story again. There's got to have been somebody in your life that has helped you to try to push you to have stamina in your life. And when you want to flag it all in and not do one thing, you've got to go back over the story again. Because they've already pioneered and paved the way so you can get where you are. And what we do now from that point as we have stamina, we start teaching this generation, the next generation to stand on our shoulders and move forward. And not only just to go for where they did, God sometimes says, look, we're going to put a new road and a new river into place. And we're going to pave a new way. But you got to, when you want to flag it in. Listen, there was times where, as we started this church, it was crazy. It was really crazy trying to figure it out. But we used to like, listen, we're going to dig in this. We're going to fight through this. Every place we stepped our foot in, God opened vision. Even if it was the wrong building, we had a plan to make it work. Because we had to have the stamina to get through it. And we never knew it was going to land in this building. It wasn't even on our radar. It wasn't even in sight. It actually was a church when we were looking for a church. But God knew the different, whatever happened, God knew. And I'm telling you, you have to have stamina to, to not grab the flag that lays beside you and want to wave and say, I'm done. No, don't do it. Don't ring the bell. Don't take the helmet off. Just like he said in that first one, don't take off the helmet of salvation and set it down and act like you're going to. And then, 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 then when God comes again, you're, you're going over here and you're worshiping and you're getting in your praise. I preached about it. Like we can praise and our walls are down, but we are mad in a moment because we wonder why the attack's so strong. Because you've not put on the helmet. You've not built the walls around you to sustain you. Put the helmet back on that you set down. Build the walls around you so you don't have those things come in your life and destroy you. Do a damage assessment and start moving. We have to have stamina in our life. I love it because that's what he said. Just go back over it. What, what was already said? What have we been saying? Item by item. Go to the next part. Item by item. He's already plowed through it. And listen, I love this at the end. That he will, that's what, a, that shoots the adrenaline into your soul. To remember, oh yeah, I can get through this. Whew, I got to get up. Like today, honestly, I went to the gym, and I'm telling you, my bed was hugging me and cozying me in. I had to fight through it because I was like, I got to do this. I have to do this. 
But so many times as, as, as our walk with Christ, we get so comfortable doing something else and we think, man, if I just do this, it's just going to be something else going to happen and something else, so I just better give up now. No! Have stamina in your life to move through it because he wants you to last and have long-lasting walks and long-lasting longevity for, longevity for the, the, the future of the church. This is Pentecost Sunday and you are the church. One more time, you stepped into a warehouse that used to be for a go-kart track, and you became, this place became church because you're in it right now. This is just a warehouse, but it's church today. You see what I'm saying? I've had church in a car. I've had church outside of this place. What are you going to do with it? Stamina. Go ahead. I love what Paul says here. He says, therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. So he's got a target in mind. He's got a mission in mind. And he says, I run in such a way not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I buffet my body. What he's saying is I make my body subject to me. That's, and that's what kind of what you were talking about. He's saying, I buffet my body and make it my slave. I think too many times we allow our minds and our hearts to become slaves to our body. And, and we start running after the cravings of our flesh rather than making our flesh subject to the spirit. And, yeah, and so he's saying this because here's what's powerful. Uh, but I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. We disqualify ourselves when we try to preach the gospel out of our flesh. Right? Because we're trying to do works through the flesh rather than through the spirit. Yeah. And so Paul's like, take this thing over. Stop letting your mind and everything get in your way. Make your body your slave. Let the Spirit of God be the thing that rules over you and rules in you. And when you do that, you're going to run this race with endurance and with stamina, and you're going to reach more people than what you ever thought about in your life. I think today, one of the greatest things that we need to understand is that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. That the cross is not a burden, but it is true freedom in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I believe that stamina came from him and what he paid the price for. And so this morning, maybe you're in a struggle. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're going through something and you feel like, man, I, I'm that one guy that this week I just rang it and I got out. Everybody just jumped. Yeah, but it should cringe people. It should. Don't ring the bell. Who's running no. over after him? Who's helping him? Yeah. Don't ring the bell. It's, it's crazy. Because sometimes what we do is we come in praising and worshiping on Sunday morning. But Monday morning hits and we do this. We ring out for the week. Well, I'll get my fix when I go to church on Sunday. No. God's saying, if you would just open this thing up every day, I will keep building stamina in you to win. And I'm going to show you how to live this life. So some That's of you here truth. this morning, you're sitting here and you're struggling right now. And you're like, my God, they've been preaching this. They've been talking about stamina. And I don't feel like I can get anywhere this morning. I feel like I didn't even want to get out of bed to darken the doors of this church. I didn't even want to come. 
Because I felt like the enemy just threw something in my spokes and I, I've been beat up. I feel like I was down. I don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you, get up out of your seat, get in this altar, and let the freedom of Christ reign over your life again. Come on, stand with us this morning. As we begin to worship, if that's you, and you're going through a struggle, you need stamina in your life, you need God to do something in your life, just begin to move out of your seat. Come on. Let's go. It's going to take stamina to do it.